When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the podcast, we got ready to say our goodbyes to Planet Zebus for the last time. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and lore behind some of our favorite video game universes. I'm your host, Neil. And I'm Michael. Michael, here we go. The second part of Super Metroid. You beat it, I assume. How do you feel? I feel, I, I feel pretty good about myself. Hell yeah. What are your, uh, what are your impressions, your thoughts? I, it's, it's funny, because like last time we talked a lot about the, the atmosphere and everything you know about the the environment mostly and it's the a second, scary lonely <laughs> isolating place it really is and this second part of my playthrough it really feels like you sort of conquering the environment rather than being beaten down by it like as soon as you get like screw attack and things like that you know obstacles that were very difficult to fight you just breeze through in an instant and that sort of empowerment feels really really good yeah, I think that's what I was talking to Abu about on the very first one for Zero Mission. Like, you suddenly have become this juggernaut. Specifically, and Super Metroid really highlights it, the second you get the screw attack, by literally putting you through the pillars of Ridley's lair, you're shredding through his actual physical lair, and it feels incredible. Yeah, and it's like, it feels like you're actually, like, ready for the end of the game rather than... Yeah, you know, like other games where it's just sort of like the ending of the game happens because of just narrative or something like that. You actually just like feel like prepared. It's like, okay, exactly. Time, time to do the thing. Yeah, 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 you know, t- time, time for, you know, fun explorations over. Now it's like, now it's time to kick ass and find that Metroid larva. Mm-hmm. When we sort of left off last time, we were talking about me being at the Fantoon fight and starting out the wrecked ship. Yes. Um, whose ship are we going through? Is is this like an old Federation ship that, you know, crash landed? Or is this like a botched parking job from the, the space pirates? <laughs> or or what, what, what exactly are we exploring here? And, you know, that's a really good question. And one I had for a while, because uh, it, it just doesn't get addressed. Like, you just walk in and the title card or whatever on the map just says wrecked ship. That's... <laughs> That's a little yeah, it's, uh, it's, unnerving, really. Yeah, it's not like it's like Fantoon's wrecked ship or you know anything right. like that. It's just, eh, it's 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 a ship. <laughs> so I think that there's a couple different possibilities here. Number one, it's possible that Fantoon and the Coverns, which are the green little skull guys, that they were the original crew. Mm-hmm. They are all ghost-like creatures in this decrepit ship. And after you defeat Fantoon, all the Coverns vanish. After you defeat Fantoon and restore the power, that is. And then, once those guys are gone, 
organic life forms roam the ship only after that. And obviously the little robots that are around. Oh, I never noticed that. (laughs) Yeah, like if you go back to revisit, if you're trying to like 100% and pick up items and stuff, like you'll see there's actual critters like going around now. And then what's interesting is the coverns do not appear in zero mission in like the little stretch that you actually get to go see. So you could also think that maybe that these guys are ghosts of the space pirates from the detonation of Chozodia, uh, the Choza ruins on Zebes at the end of Zero Mission. Oh. So it could have been because you laid a power bomb in the tube right by it and, uh, you know, vaporized all these guys. Maybe it's their ghosts. And I think it definitely is space pirate related because Fantoon is part of that statue that takes you to the new Torian. He's, he's part of the space pirates. I mean, I don't know in what capacity, whether he feeds off of Mother Brain's uh, brain waves that she puts out to control things, or if he himself is being controlled by it. I don't know what the deal is there. Now, what is interesting is the manual uh, actually states that the ship is indeed crashed. So you could interpret that, especially, uh, and I know we're not going to talk about it, but in the other M concept art, Fantoon is described as an Fantoon was described as an enemy hidden in a Chozo vessel. So, being a space pirate, Fantoon could have stowed away on a Chozo ship, fed off the energy of the ship and Mother Brain's energy, killing them all, or just losing power to the ship, causing it to crash, killing the Chozo, and just doing his thing there. So it's either that Fantoon and its crew itself crashed. Or that it was uh, a Chozo ship. Right, yeah, because it, it definitely feels like, in a place where you're, it already feels otherworldly, it feels especially out of place, because everything else is like very organic feeling. Exactly, and it's, it kind of like prepares you for the dread that you feel in Torian, or even uh, one of my favorite sections of the game is this little bit in Madridia, where you encounter the Mocktroids, mm-hmm. which are the total not Metroids. They have uh, one little membrane instead of three, and you just shred through them with your beams. Because that's, again, that's like one of the few fabricated areas. And because on the map, uh, Madridia, I believe, sits directly above Torian, that's where they're trying to clone the baby Metroid with beta waves to make their own Metroids. They're just very unsuccessful. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 funny because it, it's like everything else like feels uh, like very maze like, whereas the ship feels very structured. It, it kind of feels like how a ship kind of would be laid out, even even in the structure of weird Metroid style puzzles and exploration and things like that. It definitely feels like a you know not of this world, not of you know anything anything we've seen. Right. Especially, like, when you get to the bottom to fight Fantoon, that feels like that's basically the engine room or something like that. Yeah, it's just, like, he, he was, like, hiding away. It's like, oh, God, I don't know where I am. I don't, I hope nothing on this planet kills me. And it's like, right. you just coming in to be like, oh, hi, Fantoon, you're dead now. And especially for what a calm place, really, the wreck ship is. Like, you don't really get the same level of dread as you would anywhere else in the game. Like, when you're going through Torian and you start seeing the actual cloned Metroids pop up, like... You have to think and react fast, and this is one of the few parts of the game that doesn't make you have to react right away. 
So you get to take it all in a little more. Yeah, you take you, it's the it's it's like the only section of the game where it's like it feels like you're allowed to take time to take in what is happening around you or to make these like more exploration that's not as combat focused as the rest of the game feels. I feel like it's a calm before the storm because Fantoon kicks your ass the first time you face him. I don't know. I killed him first try. I don't know. What, I mean, I don't know what your problem fa- is. <laughs> So I guess for the the second half of Super Metroid, for me, I guess the kind of the elephant in the second half is just the ending where you fight Ridley, Mother Brain, and you finally get to to see this Metroid larva again, but now now growing up. And during that Mother Brain fight, um, you know, obviously you you take a lot of damage. You're on the verge of death, and then the the Metroid comes in and saves you, basically. And the way I interpreted what what is happening is that kind of like the the Metroid larva almost kind of absorbs Samus temporarily. And I was wondering, like, does that have any like long term effects on like Samus's well being? Does that permanently like change her, or is do do you think that that was just a conceit to give you like this your really powerful energy beam to to kick everything's ass as you're running out of out of the uh, out of the planet? Well. First, the first thing I want to throw in there before we before I actually answer your question was how did she feel after what I'm sure you thought was the initial defeat of Mother Brain? Yeah, like how I mentioned like last time where it kind of feels um, like Indiana Jones esque, where it's like you know repeating you know, past events and things like that. It, it, you go through the thing and it it looks exactly like how the first Metroid game looks, where you're hopping through the thing, you're just shooting missiles at this brain in a jar <laughs> right just and then just the like oh nope nope there's there's definitely more to there's definitely more to this and then just like you turn like mother brain attaches to like a t-rex looking thing <laughs> yeah like it's like a t-rex chicken like almost aviary looking thing which to me kind of looks like the torizo statues that attack you in the game yeah that's the impression i got was like mother brains trying to look like this higher being which is Pretty cool, honestly. I don't think that's the intention, but that's what I took away from it. Yeah, she like ascends from just being a, a brain in a jar to almost kind of wanting to be more godlike, both like not in terms of just everything that is in Mother Brain's brain, but also just like physically bigger than anything else in the game. Just here I am. I am now become God, basically. <laughs> Google Home has ascended to godhood. <laughs> That's my number one fear. But um, back to your questions. Basically, all that happened was the Metroid latches onto you, or rather, it latches onto Mother Brain, starts draining her energy since that's what metroids do and that's you see that by it turning gray like a decaying brain which i think is freaking sweet the metroid just comes over to you and starts filling the energy tanks on your suit because your suit is about to shred apart or you won't concentrate to like keep it uh, constituted whatever you're about to die and the metroid (laughs) swoops in and gives you all the energy that it ripped away from Mother Brain, and in doing so, gave you that power of the Hyper Beam, which is pure energy. So it's just transferring that right to you. I don't know if that's it basically overloading your energy tanks in your suit or what the deal is, but that's that's all it is. And it seems temporary, because I think in every Metroid game, you always like go to the end of one, end of one to the beginning of the next, and you lose most of your power-ups. 
I think this is just generally because you exhausted all the excess overheating energy that you had, or it's clearly too dangerous to wield because you saw what it just did. It killed a giant Metroid and shredded straight through Mother Brain with the mechanical body. Well, it's because well, it's funny because like I, I I assumed like something biological was happened, and I guess I, for some reason I didn't assume that it was just purely mechanical until um because you, you you sent me a clip of sort of like the same scene but as told through um other m yeah the opening of other m yeah, yeah not yeah. to bring up other m again uh honestly it's a fun game the dialogue is very very poorly done but i do enjoy it oh uh, yeah well, i admit to that well, i mean like aside from that it's just like the way that they interpreted that scene it feels like not necessarily different, but it's just another way of like interpreting that scene of just like this Metro just acting as like a, a shield basically. And just like recharging you mechanically instead of organically. Cause I, I assumed that it like somehow Samus becomes like part Chozo human and then, and then Metroid like all in one. And then she becomes like, a, like almost like a godlike super being. <laughs> but right. I guess that, I guess that's not quite, the what is happening even though you kind of kind of hinted that future games kind of touch on this subject a little bit yeah so metroid fusion is metroid 4 super metroid is metroid 3 other m is 3.5 it bridges the gap uh in fusion you do actually get metroid dna infused into you the baby metroid keeps saving your life that that that's interesting because like I never for some reason I guess I never assumed that there was like one like linear continuity in in the Metroid games. I just assumed that they were kind of like almost like James Bond movies where it's just like okay this adventure featuring Samus and these these enemies and stuff like that. Uh, it's really interesting seeing like the actual like character progression of of Samus through through all of these games. Uh, because I just assumed that she was just a, a blank slate, and she certainly is not, and neither is the, the world that she inhabits. It's really interesting because, uh, to me, like you said, there is there is character development. Because in Zero Mission, she's basically she's green as a bounty hunter. She just left the Galactic Federation police. This is now her, or the military. This is now her new role. So now she has to prove herself on her very first mission. She makes a name for herself on Zebes, becomes the hired gun to go to SR388 and eradicate the Metroids. Then, you know, the baby stuff happens. We go into Super. The whole research team is killed by Ridley. Ridley steals the baby. She now, instead of taking on a mission, just goes on her own personal vendetta. And then it kicks into Fusion where life is being threatened because of her past actions and now she is going to go and make up for it i i, I guess i need to play metroid fusion to see see how this this the story ends i do have one final question for you during the escape and this is a a question more of more about you than of super metroid do you save the animals or do you let them die right so <laughs> For context, there are two animals in the game. Yeah. You have the Edicoons, which are the monkeys who teach you how to wall jump. And you have the Decora, which are the ostrich-looking birds that teach you how to utilize the Shine Spark to launch yourself straight into the air. Right. And during the final escape sequence of the game, you encounter them in the room where you first fought the Torizo. 
You shoot them out of the wall. You, you can shoot out the wall in the room and they'll escape Zebus using a spacecraft. I do it because <laughs> you played the game. You know that you're such a juggernaut powerhouse that you just mash the plasma beam and just run through areas without thought at this point. So inevitably, yeah, you go and you do it. That being said, uh, in Metroid Fusion, it's canon. You saving them is canon because they reappear, they remember you, and they save your ass in the end of that game. What? Yeah, it's rad. That's 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 ridiculous. Oh, well, it's like because it's funny because like I've because uh, I you know, I watched. I don't know if you're familiar with like AGDQ and SGDQ, the uh, speedrunning events that happen every year. Um, but like the donations and incent- incentives every year is Super Metroid. Do you kill the animals or do you save the animals? And so it's like <laughs> to think that there is not only a canonical thing that you should do, but that they save you is amazing. <laughs> right. And also just how nice is that, that like they make the canon like, yes, you went out of your way to save these animals because you value life. Like, that's so nice. Yeah, I, and I guess that's kind of like the the central theme in a, in a kind of a way of just like okay, what like what is what is the value of like saving this this larva? What is the value of this thing's life, even though it's technically something you you should have killed? And so, and it it, it all kind of wraps around this very pleasant central theme, even though you're in a horrifying space. I think with what we talked about last time with like the animals teaching you the mechanics of the game, I think the whole point is that life, no matter what it is, has value. These birds are going to teach you how to propel yourself. These monkeys are going to teach you how to climb the walls. And God damn it, the Super Metroid is going to give you the hyper beam and make you a goddamn killing machine. Hell yeah. <laughs> Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. We want to thank you for tuning in and being part of the show. Be sure to connect with us on Twitter at lore underscore party and leave us a review on iTunes. We'll talk to you next time when we discuss the fourth and last chronological installment of the series, Metroid Fusion. Metroid Fusion.